0: History of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together.
1: That your faith should not be in the wisdom of what? Men, but in the power of God. That's what our faith is in. Not the wisdom of man. It's in the power of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. That's why you see many people, I do, you know, they say, Well, yeah, you know, I I walk down. On the field one time, and I did this. And then you ask where they're at spiritually, and they're like, "Well, no, I don't go to church, or I, you know, nothing's changed." Well they didn't experience the power of God in their lives, the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. There, there wasn't a true transformation that took place. Another great scripture that goes with this: Galatians 1:10. Paul writes to the church in Galatia. He says, "For I do not." excuse me, for do I now persuade men or seek favor from men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Beware of that. For if I still please men, I would not be a what? I wouldn't be a bond of Christ. When it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to using the word of God, do realize something? People will get mad at you. And if you want to seek favor with man all the time, when you're going to realize when you share the gospel, people are not, they're going to hate you because they hate God. It's not fun. I'm not saying this is a great thing and, you know, you have people hate you. I'm not saying that. We want people to like us, but we need to get it, get over the fact that people will not like us sometimes. I did a memorial service not too long ago, and basically, as I was preaching the gospel, the, the person that was there, or a close friend of the person that passed away, he was using F-bombs. He was saying, blank you, pastor, blank you, screaming while I'm preaching. You know what I thought? Awesome, he got hit. <laughs> He's getting affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have to sell anything, guys. This is Really, it takes the, the pressure off of each one of us. We can't convert anybody. But God does and it's through his word and it's by his Holy Spirit and it's a great reminder for us. But let's look back at verse five again. Nor as a cloak for covetousness, God is witness. Paul the apostle didn't hide his, a, a, a motive. There wasn't a motive behind them being converted. He wasn't wanting their money. He wasn't greedy. He wasn't, his motive wasn't money and greed. His motive was his love for Christ and Christ's love for him. And that should be the motive of every one of us that ministers. Any capacity you're ministering, what is your motive for ministering? Your motive, my motive should always be because I love Christ and Christ loves me. And that's Paul the Apostle. He says, I didn't do it for for gain. I didn't do it for money. I didn't try to convert you that I can make extra money. And beware of those churches that do that, that do it for gain. No, we should minister because we love Christ. My challenge to you, are you ministering? You should be if you've walked with the Lord for a while. And my next question is, what motivates you? The Bible talks about when someone's forgiven much, they love much, there's a person standing up here that's been forgiven of a whole bunch And when God forgives us and and we experience his forgiveness and we experience his love and then we know the calling that's upon our lives, we should walk in the calling. We should do what he's called us to do. But it always, always needs to be motivated by the love he has for you and the love you have for him. Amen? Before we move on, I want to look back at this where it says, for neither at any time did we use flattering words. Paul the apostle never flattered people. Never. And I want to say with that, beware of flattery. Beware of flatterers. It's lying, actually. I want to put a definition up here. Flattery is excessive or insincere praise. The act of giving excessive compliments generally for the purpose of some kind of self-what? Gain. So beware of flatterers. They, you know, I've seen this happen with my own eyes. There's someone who will be talking to someone and say, oh, you're the greatest, I love you. Oh, oh well, we love you. Oh, you're so awesome. You're awesome. They turn their back and say, oh, I can't stand that person. <laughs> you're like, go tell them that. You're lying to that person. That's flattery. You're saying something you would never say to their face, which you'd never say behind their back. Don't do that. That's flattery. It's wrong. Someone once said, I, I love this quote, A flatterer is a person who manipulates rather than communicates. Please don't get me wrong because there is a need for encouragement in the body of Christ. We need to be encouraged. There's nothing wrong with sincere encouragement motivated by love. I love that. There's there's people that literally have a gift of encouragement, and that's great. They, you know, they they encourage people in truth and sincerity, and they like and that's an awesome thing. But when it's flattery for your own gain, when it's flattery, you're saying things that you really don't mean, but you're saying them anyhow to, to puff them up, or you're doing it to gain for something for yourself. Beware of that or beware of those that do that. Amen. You guys are really quiet today. You guys okay? You guys feeling okay? <laughs> Remember when we started the Women's Club way back in 2003 and the small community center there in Sunset Beach. I remember this gentleman after the service, he visited for the first time. And he just went on and on. Oh, this is the best church. I've I've never heard a message like that. And you're the greatest pastor. Oh, my! well, you have such a gift. And he just went on and on and on. And he's like going on. Oh, you're going to see me every Sunday. When's your midweek study? I want to be there midweek study. Oh, this is so great. And he walked away. And I kid you not, strongly I felt the Lord show me you're never going to see that person again. (laughs) And I looked at my wife. She remembers this because I I looked at her. I said, we're never going to see him again. And we never seen him again. They were empty words. Beware of flattery. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about it. I'm just going to put up Proverbs 26, 24 through 26. Talking about flattery, it says, he who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not do what? Believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. So what's going on in his heart? He's saying things, but what's really going on in his heart? It says, though his hatred is covered by deceit. So really, he hates you. He's acting like he loves you, but he doesn't. It says, his wickedness will be revealed before the... Can we say that out loud? The assembly. In other words, he's going to get busted. <laughs> After first service, I saw a few people, and I says, hey, I love you. And I says, that's not flattery. I really do love you. I just want <laughs> to... <laughs> he goes on to say nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Paul the apostle, see, he was handpicked by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Handpicked. He was an apostle. He had great authority, but he did not use that authority to to lord over the people. He did not use that authority to be a heavy hand on the people, nor was he a glory hog. He didn't want the glory. And we two things that are important in the church if you minister in any way not to receive the glory. It's it's different, you know, people say, great job, you know, that really ministered to me. Praise God, that's wonderful. But beware of being a glory hog because God says he'll share his glory with no man. When When it's all the attention is you, so that's dangerous. So the Lord said, I am the Lord, this is my name and my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to carve images. But it's a great example for us to give glory to God. He's the one. If anything good comes out of us, it's because of Christ. It's because of the work of his spirit. But the other thing is that he didn't make demands as an apostle. He, again, he wasn't leading people with a heavy hand. In ministry, we should never lead with a heavy hand. In this church that, you know, we... If that's ever happened, we've had you know, a few times where it's, you know, people have come to us and say, wow, this person's on like a trip. They're just like, just you know, the, the authority's gone to their head and all this kind of stuff. And we deal with that. Why? Because this is our example. You never want to lead with a heavy, in, in ministry, we, would, we should never lead with a heavy hand. Like we're, you know, that you're greater than the people below you and you do what I say and all that. No, that's not the example, Paul. Paul is an apostle, has great authority, but he led in love. Before we go to the last two verses, I, I love being in this particular letter to the church in Thessalonica because this is an actual letter going to a church. So it gives us direct instruction. So I love the fact we can take direct instruction, what the church should do, what we look like as we glean off of these wonderful truths. And that's awesome. But i believe that the day we're living in, we are living in a day where the church, the, the apostate church state that we're in now, it's an apostate church at this point. Do you guys know that? Yeah. That the church as a whole, there's, a, there's an apostate, meaning that they are not doing things the way of the scriptures. They're not being led by scripture, you might say. And then before I get to something I want to show you here to show you that, but it's affecting our society, I believe if the church would stand up with truth according to the word of God through scripture and and, and rightly dividing the the word of truth and, and, and interpreting scripture with scripture, our society would be different. So it's not only the church is at an apostate. I believe the last two and a half years, the church has gone off the rails. And you might say again, well, pastor, do you have any example of that? I love these questions. They're wonderful. Well, there's one. Church of England says there's no official definition of a woman. Is that scriptural? No, there's a definition of woman. God made us male and female. So Rome, a senior bishop of the Church of England said this week, the church has no official definition of a woman amidst an evolving understanding of gender in the contemporary world. So the contemporary world changes the Bible? Pope Francis says, "Consume less meat to save the planet." <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It says in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter four that in the last days they're going to they're uh, ask you to restrain from eating certain foods in the last days, and they're going to they tell you they forbid to marry for people to marry one another, which the Catholic Church does with the priest, and that causes all kinds of problems. That's not scriptural. So Pope Francis argued, excuse, urged, excuse me, urged European youth this week to eat less meat as a means of curbing global warming and preserving the planet. There you go. That's going to work. And then we have this, affecting our society. As abortion restrictions grow, California doctors pr- propose floating abortion clinics in federal waters. I believe they're doing this because California... Because I was thinking through this. I'm like, wait a second. It's still legal in California at this point because it's state by state, right, to have an abortion. So it's it's legal here, right? But what I hope we're going to do in Huntington Beach, and I hope that they'll do it in all the cities, we'll have sanctuary cities for these babies is what I hope. So that's why they're doing this. So did you guys see this? New York, in New York they released a public service announcement, residents, in the event of a nuclear attack, they did a video, what to do if we get hit by a nuclear bomb. Do they know something we don't know? It's true. So they tell them, stay inside, Well, get inside, stay inside, stay tuned. So in the last days there will be wars, rumors of wars, but this is hitting close to home. This is actually awesome, how many saw this? So Benjamin, there's the Benjamin, Nate, and Yahoo promised peace accord with multiple nations. Listen to the wording here. Former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu promised to bring full peace agreement with Saudi Arabia and other countries if he wins the election in the fall. Well, according to my Bible, it says that the start of the tribulation is when the Antichrist comes and makes this agreement with Israel and the Arab nations. It's a seven-year peace treaty. That starts the tribulation period. Very interesting days that we're living in. And then I always love to, when I do news, I try my best to have good news at the end. So check this out. Texas Company offers employees $7,500 to choose adoption over abortion. So the, the CEO says, it's good for business. So because of Roe v. Wade, and by the way, Roe v. Wade, uh, we celebrate the fact that this was overturned, and churches that don't celebrate that fact that this was overturned, those that are watching us online, get out of those churches, by the way, because we should celebrate life. So Peter Rex, the founder and CEO of Rex, a tech uh, tech company, yeah, they would have this for their employees. That's so awesome. Let's go back. Last two verses. Paul continues to tell this church, this infant church, he says, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, and we're well-pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also, can we say that out our own lives, because you had become, there's no mistake, Paul loved this church. He loved the people in the church. Paul experienced the love of Christ, And he was ministering the love of Christ to the people that he was called to. God loves people. I want to remind you, God loves people. God loves us. God loves you. God is love. And he wants to show his love. He wants to demonstrate his love through each and every one of us as believers, by his spirit. He pours his love in our heart. I pray, I hope that each one of us as believers in Jesus Christ, that we would be able to demonstrate the love of God in our lives. Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the spirit is love, but it's broken down for us. We have patience, we have kindness, we have gentleness, we have self-control. We, you know, The goodness of God is working in and through our lives. When we tap into him by his Holy Spirit, he gives us love for one another, his love for each other. This past Sunday, and another gentleman introduced himself to me. It was his first time at the church. And he said his friends uh, asked him to come to church. And after talking to him, I realized that uh, he didn't have a relationship with God. And so I shared the gospel with him. And, and right outside, right out in front, he prayed to receive Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Just awesome. I love when that happens. But then I thought through this. I thought, that's love. His friends loved him enough to say, hey, come on to church. And now this man will go to heaven, and he'll be in heaven for all eternity. Why? Because two people, his friends, loved him enough to say, hey, why don't you come to church with us? God loves people all around us. God wants to reach people all around us. I pray, I hope, I trust that he'd use each and every one of us. Amen? Amen? Notice he says, as a nursing mother cherishes her own Children that when, when I read this sometimes, especially when I first read it 's like I, I, I picture Paul the Apostle as this man's man 's man he 's a manly guy, and he 's like, and I cherish you like a nursing mother, I just like them, I mean, look at this like what but it 's the picture of a, a bird. A mother bird feeding the, the little baby infant and just feeding and feeding. He's like, I just, I, I just kept feeding you. I kept taking care of you. I care about your growth. I care about you getting good nutrients and you know, the spiritual nutrients. And that's what Paul the apostle saying. So he's, he's this manly man, but yet he cared about the people he ministered to. There's a saying that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And there's some truth to that. A nursing mother devotes much of her time to her child. She denies herself. She denies sleep. She denies other things to make her child, you know, making sure her child's just well taken care of and nurtured and developed and grows healthy. And and, and that's what she does. It's not about her. It's about the child. And that's what Paul did for this infant church. He cared about their development. He poured into them. That's what happened to me when I first gave my life to Christ. God put mature Christians in my life and they just poured into me. They just poured into me. They didn't say, well, this is my opinion. No, they said, you know, the word of God says this. I'm going through this and oh man, it was just so rough at work and what do you think? Well, the word of God says this and the word of God says this. And what were they doing? They They were, as a baby Christian, what they were doing, they were giving me the milk of the word. They're like, oh, you need more milk. You need more milk. You need more milk. And I thank the Lord that I didn't have people around me that just said, well, my opinion is, and my Aunt Sally used to say, and uh, the word of God says, that's what Paul did. He poured into these young believers. And that's what, listen, as mature Christians, that's what we're called to do. And if we're not doing that, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. The time you have on your hands, you might say, well, pastor, I'm just so busy. You know, I don't have time. Well, pray, the Lord will give you time. Mature Christians, are you pouring into the younger ones? Younger ones, do you have someone that can pour into you and, and, and spend time with you? Remember when the apostle Peter, after Jesus Christ rose from the dead, remember he asked his friends, he says, let's go fishing, remember that? It sounds like an innocent story, so he asked his friends to go fishing. No, but wasn't he supposed to fish for men? And so remember, he brought his friends. He says, let's go. He goes, I'm "I'm going fishing. They go, we're going with you. So he took a group of guys out. They went out fishing. They fished all night. What did they catch when they fished all night? Nothing. Then there was a man that was standing on the shore. And the man on the shore says, hey, why don't you put your nets on the right side? And they put their nets on the right side. And they had so many fish, they couldn't even take the net. And John, the apostle, said, it's the Lord. And remember what Peter did? He jumped in the water. He just, he goes, I'm going to go be with them. And so he went went to be with the Lord. They brought the fish on shore. And what did Jesus do for them? Do you remember the story? He cooked them breakfast. And he served them breakfast. This is Jesus. What an example. And he's serving them breakfast. And after they eat, we're told, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? We do not know what the these are, do we? More than these. And we assume, you know, do you, you know, people think through this. More than these. More than his fishing buddies. Maybe. I believe possibly all these fish that they caught, they're all jumping around on the shore now. And he says, do you love me more than these? And the reason why I believe it's possibly the fish that, because he was a fisherman. And the first time Jesus met Simon Peter with his brother Andrew, he went to them and he t- said, follow me. And it says immediately they dropped their nets and they stopped fishing. And Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I've called you out. So Jesus is asking him now. It's like Jesus rose from the grave. He's out fishing when he should be fishing for men. He should be being used by God, but yet he's out not fulfilling his calling. He says, do you love me more than these? And for us, listen, is there anything in your life that you could say, I love more than Jesus? And if Jesus was right here today, he would, say, he would point to that and say, do you love me more than that? These? be it people, be it uh, career, be it whatever it is, the question goes out to all of us, do you love me more than these? Is there anything in our lives that we love more than Jesus Christ? And and that's a challenge to our heart, your children, your spouse, your career, whatever it is, he wants to be preeminent. And he's calling the apostle Peter out. He's saying, "Uh, do you really love me more than these? And the interesting thing is, Jesus uses the word, the Greek word agape, agapeo, which means this selfless love. And Peter answers and says, oh Lord, uh, yeah, you know I, and he uses the Greek word phileo, you, a brotherly love. Because if he would have said, I agape you, and then he would have said, uh, I think you agape these fish, possibly, because you're not doing what I called you to do. I called you to fish for men and feed the sheep. So he says, and he said to him, feed my lambs. Do what I've called you to do. And then the second time, you guys know this, this whole thing. And he said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, he uses the word again, agape me. And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I flail you. And he said to him, then tend my sheep. Take care of my sheep. That's what I called you to do. If you love me, it'll, it'll be demonstrated by the love you have for the people that I've called you to minister to. And then the third time, he said, son of Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, now he uses a different word, doesn't he? Do you know this? He says, phileo. He changes it. He meets him at his level. and says, "Okay, do you at least phileo me? Do you have a brotherly love for me? And then Peter was grieved because he said for the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know all things. And he says, you know that I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, get back to ministry. Love on my people. I called you out to fish for men, to feed them, to teach them the word, to tend for their needs. If you love me, you'll love my people. He said, feed my, can we say it out loud? So as we close, my question to you, have you experienced the love of God in your life? If not, it's available for every one of us. John 3, 16 very clearly says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let me make it very personal to every one of us. God loves you. He loves you so much. That Jesus Christ took the penalty of your sin. He took the penalty. The wages of sin is death. He died for your sin, to take away all your sin, because your sin, my sin, sin separates us from God. So He died in your stead. He died in your place to take away your sin, that He can have a loving relationship with you. Have you experienced the love of God? If not, you can do it today. You can experience His love for you by admitting that you're a sinner turning from your sin and asking Jesus Christ to forgive you and to come live inside of you by his Holy Spirit. And then you will have his love inside of you and you'll have eternal life. Do it today. Don't wait another day. For those of us that have experienced the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, simple message, let us love one another. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless
0: you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach, at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.